This is the One Verse Podcast, where we liberate scripture from religion one verse at a time. Well, hello there. It's Jeremy Myers, and you are listening to the One Verse Podcast. The following episode is an excerpt taken from one of the lessons in my online course, The Gospel Dictionary. In case you aren't aware of it, I have an online discipleship group, and one of the main things I do in this discipleship group is teach online courses. I think there's about 10 courses available now for people in the discipleship group, and one of them, one of these courses, is The Gospel Dictionary. The Gospel Dictionary looks at 52 keywords of the gospel, When it's all said and done, there might be a few additional words as well, and contains, I don't know, so far, about 100 hours of teaching, and I'm only about halfway through. So um, uh, this this podcast episode is an excerpt from one, just one of the lessons in that dictionary course. Now, if you want to take that course, you have to be part of the discipleship group, and you can do that by going to redeeminggod.com slash join. Learn uh, more there and uh, join up there. So I, I look forward to, to seeing you there inside the discipleship group and uh, taking this course. Uh, this course will eventually become a book, probably several books, uh, but that's several years away from the time of me recording this. I got to finish the course itself and then edit and process. And So anyway, uh, if, if you're anxious, though, to read everything and get access to everything, the only way to do that is inside the Discipleship Group, okay? They have PDF downloads, MP3 downloads, and you can uh, interact with me there as well about the content of these lessons. So anyway, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I really, really appreciate it, telling other people about it as well. That's how uh, word spreads about this. If you find the content of these podcasts helpful, Uh, and you're sharing it with others. Thank you so, so much. All right, with all of that in mind, let's get into the content of today's podcast study. We're going to begin by looking at how the word gospel is used in the Gospels, all right? Uh, There's probably no better place to define the gospel than the four gospel accounts, about Jesus, which we know of as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When beginning to study these gospel accounts, it's critical to remember, and lots of people don't know this, uh, that at the time the New Testament was written, everybody would have recognized and understood the genre of literature known as gospel, euangelion. Lots of people don't realize this, but in Roman and Greek culture, the imperial cult produced a new gospel account every time a new emperor gained the throne. So here's what happened. New emperors would come into power. They were inaugurated. They would become Caesar, the emperor over the Roman Empire. And one of the first things this new emperor would do is spread, they were called Caesar Gospels. That's what we call them now anyway. These were good news messages, stories about how the Caesar came into power, how he became the ruler, the emperor over the Roman Empire. 
And the Caesar Gospels would include stories about the birth of the Caesar. You know, how and a lot of them contain how the, the Caesar was born and these, these foreign kings and dignitaries came and uh, worshipped him at his birth even. And sometimes even the sun, moon, and stars aligned and, and helped announce the birth, the arrival of this emperor on the earth. Uh, the stories often contain some of the miraculous things he did and said as a child. They would probably contain some uh, great victories that he had won in war. They would definitely contain, the Caesar Gospels would contain stories about how this, this emperor is going to bring peace to the world, prosperity to all people, right? Uh, basically, the Caesar Gospels were propaganda. They were tools to convince the citizens of the Roman Empire to swear fealty to the new Caesar. And how would they do that? By shouting and declaring, Caesar is Lord! Caesar is Lord! Right? They were required to declare Caesar is Lord, to worship him. Uh, as the new member of the Roman pantheon. He was a new god, in a sense, and we are all expected to bow down and worship Caesar. Right? <laughs> Does any of that sound familiar? It should, because those are the same ways that the four Gospels were written, especially what we call the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. All right. And I'm not saying, by the way, that this means that the Gospels are untrue, that they are propaganda. They are not. The Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are historically accurate. I believe everything written in them happened exactly as it says historically. I believe in the inerrancy of Scripture. What it means, though, is that when Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John wrote their Gospels, and it's really Matthew, Mark, and Luke followed the Caesar Gospel uh, sort of narrative flow more than John does. But when they wrote them, they, they took the historical events of the life of Jesus and they arranged them in a way so that the people reading them could not miss the message. Okay, these were subversive political documents. And what was the message? The message was this. Jesus is Lord and Caesar is not. Okay, don't worship and follow Caesar. Instead, worship and follow Jesus. Okay, the Gospels contain the good stories, the good news about Jesus, which should encourage and inspire all of his followers to live for him and obey his instructions instead of those of Caesar. The Gospels of Jesus are stories saying all that stuff Caesar promises, he cannot provide. But Jesus can. Peace is going to come through Jesus, not through Caesar. Okay, so while believers can benefit greatly, I'm sorry, while unbelievers can benefit greatly from reading Matthew, Mark, and Luke, really, they're, they're not intended to. These, these books are more for believers. They are intended in, for, for people who believed in Jesus to say, look, here's how you should live. Here's how your Lord and Master, Jesus, here's what he calls you to do. Now, the Gospel of John is a bit of an exception, as I've already indicated. It doesn't exactly follow the Caesar gospel layout and pattern. And that's primarily because I would say that the gospel of John, it is written for believers, for Christians. There's lots in the book about discipleship, but uh, it also contains numerous truths. In fact, uh, it's probably the clearest book in the entire Bible, which shows unbelievers how to receive eternal life. 
the message of how to receive eternal life is pretty much non-existent in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And yet, it's found uh, nearly 100 times in the Gospel of John. 99 times in the Gospel of John, we read about belief and believing. Okay, One of the central messages of the Gospel of John is that anyone who believes in Jesus for eternal life gets it. Okay? Uh, it's the believing in Jesus for eternal life is one of the prominent messages throughout the book. It's why you often to- are told or invited to invite non-believers to read the Gospel of John. Why? <laughs> because it shows them who Jesus was. It shows the heart of Jesus. But most importantly, it shows them you want to receive eternal life, believe in Jesus for it. Okay? Lots of discipleship truths in the book too, um, but it's, it's, it's primarily geared towards inviting unbelievers to believe in Jesus. So it's not exactly following the pattern of a Caesar gospel. Anyway, now, when we look at Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we see some surprising elements that are specifically mentioned as part of the gospel. Okay, so what is the gospel in Matthew, Mark, and Luke? Well, uh, for example, and I, again, I remember when I said I've, I've asked lots of people to define the gospel for me. Not once have I ever heard the truths mentioned in Luke 1.19. The, there, the angel Gabriel declares the gospel to Zechariah. Okay? Remember, what does the Bible teach about the gospel? Well, death and resurrection of Jesus and you know all those miracles and virgin birth. Okay, great. Well, the angel Gabriel declares the gospel to Zechariah. And what does he declare? In Luke 1.19, the content of Gabriel's gospel message is that Zechariah's wife, Elizabeth, will be the mother of John, who prepares the way for the Messiah. And all of your preaching of the gospel, and every gospel message you've ever heard, have you ever heard someone say that they need to believe that Zechariah's wife, Elizabeth, will be the mother of John? Well, that's the gospel truth. According to the angel, messenger of God, okay, Gabriel to Zechariah, that also is a gospel truth. Guess what? That fits with my definition, the definition I have been suggesting here in this entry, doesn't it? Because is it true that the birth of John, who would be the prophet preparing the way for Jesus, the Messiah, is that a truth related to the person and work of Jesus? Of course it is. Therefore, it is a gospel truth. And the, the, Gabriel is not wrong. He did preach the gospel to Zechariah. Hey, Zechariah, good news. Your wife, you thought she was barren? She's not. She's going to have a son. His name will be John, and he's going to prepare the way for the Messiah. Isn't that awesome? The Messiah is coming. Okay? It is the message that Zechariah needed to hear at that time. Just underscores the point. When you're telling people how to receive eternal life, look, you tell them the truths they need to hear from the gospel that are going to help them believe in Jesus, or if they have believed in Jesus, help them uh, grow, walk further on the path of discipleship with Jesus. But probably almost never will you have to tell them the truth that angel Gabriel uh, said to Zechariah that Elizabeth's wife is going to have a son named John. It's just really probably not in the top 1,000 truths that you are going to be sharing with somebody in order to invite them to believe in Jesus or continue on the path of discipleship with Jesus. Now, if you happen to be preaching Luke 1.19, as I have done multiple times in my life in ministry, because I tend to preach through books of the Bible and I've taught through the first several chapters of Luke, uh, then clearly you're going to be teaching that truth because it's taught here, as I have done. Okay, uh, 
But uh, we, we also can't deny that the birth of John is part of the gospel because the angel Gabriel here says it is. It is part of the gospel. So anyway, just gets to this truth. There's all sorts of truths related to the person and working of Jesus that you might not ever share when you share the gospel with somebody. But that doesn't mean it's not part of the gospel. It's definitely probably not in your top 10 or 20 or maybe even 100 truths of the gospel, but it is a gospel truth, okay? Um, so uh, the gospel truths, the central gospel truths in, in the gospel, what are they? Well, we've already mentioned some of those. Virgin birth of Jesus, I think that would be important. Uh, the ministry and life of Jesus, that's clearly important. Uh, the miracles of Jesus, absolutely. Sinless life of Jesus. Yes, all of these are mentioned in various places in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John as being central to the Gospel, important to the Gospel. Um, but again, you're not going to have to share all of these. And some of them you will, some of them you won't, depending on the context and the situation. One thing that a lot of people leave out, though, is one of the gospel truths that Jesus often mentioned, and we should stop leaving this out if we can, and it's found in Matthew 4.23 as one example. In this passage, Matthew records that Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Okay? So, uh, this gospel of the kingdom, what is that? Lots of people think, oh, well, this is about going to heaven. No, it is not. Uh, listen to the Gospel Dictionary entry on the kingdom of God. And you will see that the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is not the same thing as heaven. Not equivalent to going to heaven when you die. The kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God on this earth, in our lives. Started with the rule and reign of Jesus and it continues to this very day. We're supposed to do what we can to help spread the rule and reign of God on this earth. Okay, So Jesus was going around declaring and proclaiming this. And he was also correcting the Jewish people about what they thought it was. The Jewish people thought that when the Messiah came and set up his kingdom, it would mean warfare and bloodshed and violence and overthrowing Roman occupation and killing all of the Roman enemies. You know, those, those evil law keepers. Kill them all. <laughs> I'm recording this during, um, you're going to see a bit of my politics come out here a little bit, I suppose. I'm recording this during all of the, the riots going on in June of 2020. Um, the Jewish people would have been crying out to defund the Roman military. Okay? Um, it's not saying the Roman military, that everything they did was great or bad. It's just the, 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 the Jewish people wanted them all killed and defunded and done away with. And Jesus came along and he said, hmm, it's not what I'm about. The gospel is for the Romans and the military and the soldiers as much as it is for everybody else. It's a gospel of peace, all right? And so he went about it much, much differently than some people are going about trying to achieve peace today. But um, that's not what the Jews wanted to hear, and that's one of the reasons they killed Jesus, they, because he did not give them the gospel message that they wanted. All right? And uh, so um, they, they tried to force this on Jesus, and they tried to crown Jesus as king. I'm convinced that this is one of the reasons Judas betrayed Jesus. It's because he was trying to force Jesus' hand and spark off the revolution. Okay, but every single time, Jesus rebuffed him. They tried to crown him. He refused. 
Okay, uh, when Jesus predicts his his suffering and death, and Peter says, "No, that's not going to happen." Jesus says, "Get away from me, Satan! <laughs> You're speaking the words of Satan to me." Okay, when they believed that Jesus was about to begin his campaign for the kingdom, they wanted to know, "Hey, hey Jesus, when you come into your throne, when your power, which of us gets to sit on your right and which of us gets to sit on your left?" Okay, none of this was in line with what Jesus taught about the kingdom. The gospel they wanted and the gospel Jesus preached and lived, yes, it used similar terms and ideas, but Jesus defined and lived and exemplified those terms and ideas in much different ways than the Jewish multitudes did. Okay, And that's why they eventually arrested him and killed him. What Jesus is showing is that his kingdom does not look or function like the kingdom we want, like an earthly kingdom. The kingdom of God is for this world, but it does not advance the same way the kingdoms of this world advance, through violence and bloodshed and mob rule. The kingdom of God is not built upon power structures and violence and military might, but on love, on service, on forgiveness, and on self sacrifice. When we understand the kingdom of God in this way, we see that, you know, despite the opinions of some, Jesus was not unsuccessful in launching his kingdom. The exact opposite. Through his life, ministry, teachings, death, and resurrection, Jesus inaugurated the kingdom of God in this earth, and it has been spreading around the world ever since. Over and over again in the Gospels, Jesus makes it clear that he was setting up the kingdom, that that this kingdom would be over the entire earth, that it would result in peace and justice for all. But it wouldn't be a kingdom that would rise to power like the other kingdoms. It would be given to the weak, the poor, the outcast, the despised, the rejected. It would be built upon the principles of humility, grace, mercy, forgiveness, self-sacrifice, service, and love. And that was too much for the average person, then and now. Right? The Messiah they wanted is not the Messiah they got. So they rejected Jesus, as many do today. And instead of receiving the kingdom he offered, they killed Jesus. Of course, three days later, he rose from the dead, proving that his way is the right way, that his message about the arrival of kingdom was God's message. And the resurrection of Jesus vindicated him proving once and for all that his way of running the world is God's way. When the gospel contains, when the four gospels contain gospel truths about the birth, life, teachings, miracles, death, resurrection of Jesus, okay, they're not always presented as here's what you need to do and believe in order to receive eternal life. Much of the time, in fact, I would argue most of the time, most gospel truths are not telling us about here's what you need to do to go to heaven when you die. Most gospel truths are, here's how you need to act and behave and believe and live in order to experience the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God now in your life on this war-torn and bloody earth. Here's a different way to live. Okay, That is a truth you don't often hear in many gospel presentations today, right? But it is a central message, a very prominent theme in the preaching, in the gospel preaching of Jesus. All right. So, um, 
this is the gospel in the gospels. And we're seeing it, it contains a myriad, multifaceted truths about, yes, how to receive eternal life. Yes, how to have peace with God. But really, most gospel truths aren't concerned with the hereafter, but the here and now. And they're not, most gospel truths are not invitations to, you know, receive eternal life, but instead invitations to enter into, to experience the rule and reign of God in our life now. So what is the gospel in the gospels? Well, it does contain some of the truths we usually think of, okay? But, and some truths we usually don't, like Elizabeth's pregnancy with John, okay? Uh, but the vast majority of the uses of the word gospel in Matthew, Mark, and Luke refer to truths about the birth, life, teachings, miracles, parables, death, resurrection of Jesus, okay? And here, here's the point, how all of these truths invite us into the rule and reign of God, which was inaugurated by Jesus Christ. The gospel in the gospels focuses on discipleship truths about how to follow Jesus so that his rule, his reign, his kingdom expands in our lives and upon this earth. That is the gospel in the Gospels. So that's going to do it for today's podcast study. I hope you found this study helpful and beneficial in not only understanding a key word about the Gospel, related to the Gospel in Scripture, uh, but also help bringing you greater and deeper understanding of a particular Bible verse uh, from Scripture. And of course, it's not just about gaining knowledge of the Scripture, but also applying it to our lives so that we can live in light of the gospel with God and with others, and also bringing this light to the world. Just as a reminder, this podcast study was an excerpt from my Gospel Dictionary online course. This course looks at 52 keywords of the gospel and hundreds and hundreds of Bible passages about the, the gospel. And uh, it is available. The only way to take this course is by joining my online discipleship group. You can learn more and join by visiting redeeminggod.com slash join. You not only get access to this online course, the Gospel Dictionary, but all of my other courses as well. We're thousands of dollars. There's hundreds of hours of teaching, and I'm adding more all the time. So anyway, if you would like to learn in this format through audio, uh, you can join there. There's PDF downloads, book downloads, free eBooks, even get access to my private Facebook group. You can contact me by email and so many other benefits as well. Uh, just by joining up, I'm going to send you a free audio book on prayer. So anyway, to learn more and join me there, just go to redeeminggod.com slash join. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode today. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode as well. Thank you so much. Talk to you later. Bye.